0: Recording live from an undisclosed location, we present to you the Locker Room Guys podcast. Here's your hosts, Lee Schechter and Doug Moore. Hello and welcome to episode number 15. I can't believe we made it this far of the locker room, guys. Doug, I'm staring at him right now uh, on our Hangout, and he is so pumped that we have made it. Hey, we're still very early in the season right now. Just week four is what we're going into. But before we get ahead to the Patriots matchup against the Panthers this week, we want to, you know, take it back and go over some of this Texan stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Doug and I were both wrong in our predictions, although I was Horribly wrong this week thinking that the Texans wouldn't score a damn touchdown and look what happened. So <laughs> when we get to predictions this week. I might have to keep my mouth shut Okay, because I was so 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 wrong and one of the reasons I was wrong because we're gonna jump into this pretty quickly is Doug what the hell is going on with this secondary right now? They were supposed to be incredible with Gilmore and Butler and Roe and Jonathan Jones, then you have Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung and Jerron Harmon on his new deal and everything. What in the world is going on in New England?
1: On paper, this team might have the best secondary or one of the top ones when you compare it uh, with, you know, the Broncos and the Seahawks. And they're just not playing like it. They're not. It's, it's tough. Gilmore, he's played hurt. He's the big free agent acquisition. He's been playing hurt a couple of weeks now. He's still in the injury report. He was limited again today. No concern about him going into Sunday, but still, you know, it's just Malcolm Butler, I think he had a better game in week three. Again, I nothing really stood out. Nothing really for the secondary made me think, oh, yeah, they're turning a corner. And this was really supposed to be the week for them. You have a rookie quarterback coming into his second start, and he had his best game against the reigning Super Bowl champions – against a team that was the top team in scoring defense last year. Now they're the worst team in scoring defense. Granted, we're only 3 weeks in, but they haven't faced that tough of competition I don't think. Uh, you know, they played the Saints last week. When I say last week, I mean week 2. And you know, that was without Willie Snead, that was out Brandon Cooks, and they still were give, they gave up I think what was it, 13, 16 points whatever the case was. That was supposed to be the the tougher matchup. And then you you have the Texans with a rookie quarterback and, and DeAndre Hopkins, and that's about it. And they go and they score. What was it, thirty-three points? Yep, a lot more than no touchdowns, right? And it's just they weren't able to contain their wide receivers. You know, Watson was able to move outside the pocket a lot and generate you know yards with his legs. And this team is that Ben don't break mentality, and they're doing a lot of breaking. League. And it's really tough to see. Gilmore, uh, you know, is like I said, has not been what he's been advertised for. McCordy has struggled a little bit. Again, I think he might have had a better game, but that's not saying much. Chung, you don't really hear a lot about him one way or another. Um, Harmon, again, same sort of situation. You don't hear a lot about him. And maybe this is me. Maybe this is me. But in regards to standout plays, yes, he may give up a lot of yardage. But I think Jonathan Jones has been the guy that has made the most uh, most plays for this def- this secondary, and that's tough because I love Jonathan Jones, but he's a five nine second year undrafted rookie free agent who played mostly special teams last year, who's supposed to be your number four cornerback ideally. So it's really tough. And Eric Rowe is out; he is dealing with an injury. I think he'll be back this week. I believe he is uh, was limited all week so far, but. It's, it's tough. This secondary was supposed to be the best part of this team, and right now it's, it's the biggest liability.
0: I totally agree, Doug, and I'm glad you pointed out Jonathan Jones again because while he has made some mistakes, and he's vividly in my mind, he's the guy who has made some mistakes, but he's also the only guy who's actually made plays that – are actually making plays that you remember and, and breaking up balls and actually you know sticking right to his guy. And that's the thing with this defense right now. It's a weird situation because – I can't say tons of plays really, like, stand out where I'm like, oh, Gilmore was really terrible on that play, or McCordy was really terrible on this play. There's a few here and there. But overall, it's just like a, they're getting chewed up, they're getting chewed up, they're getting chewed up. And I think what I'm starting to question is, is there a communication issue going on with the personnel between the safeties and the cornerbacks, or do we have a lar- uh, some other non-fixable problem going on right now?
1: I, I mean, I, I can't really say whether or not there's a, a communication error. We have seen some coverage issues where guys are not picking up who they're supposed to be. Um, again, maybe this is me trying to, to, to cover it up or or to try and give them an out. But, you know, Gilmore's playing hurt. McCordy's playing hurt, though he was, I believe, taken off the injury report. Um, but he had been playing hurt. Um, Rowe is out. So there are a couple guys dealing with injuries or have dealt with injuries. Um, how much of a contributing factor this? I don't know. You know, there are players like Roe who I think is a little more uh, – granted, we don't have a one, a two sort of cornerback, but I think it's a situation where if – if, depending on what it is, if Gilmore or, or Butler were dealing with the injury that Roe had, they probably would be playing. So I think it's a situation where maybe the guys that are hurt are playing more hurt than the guys who aren't playing. And maybe these injuries are more than – we only get to see whether or not they're limited, whether they didn't practice, or they were removed from the, the practice report or the injury report. So it's tough for us to really see. And the Patriots are one of the most notorious teams when it comes to really giving us, you know, anything in regards to um, injury status. So um, – but – you know, we talk a lot about the secondary. It'll be it'll be interesting to see because you're going up against a team that lost Greg Olson. You're going up against a team that has an injured Kelvin Benjamin. And then you have really nobody behind there. Um, you don't have Ted Ginn who can make that one play a game. Uh, Devin Funches really didn't do much when Kelvin Benjamin went down. And Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. Christian McCaffrey's done some stuff, but nothing's really stood out, I don't think. So – know, this could be the game for them. They're not facing that superstar like they did with DeAndre Hopkins. And Cam Newton is hurt, and we'll talk about that later. But I guess one thing I want to talk about now that Cam Newton, you know, is still dealing with that injury uh, or that surgery he had in his shoulder and, you know, this offensive line has been all right for them and he's not rushing the ball as much, you're going to have to rely on this pass rush, which I think both you and I can agree has been the best part of this defense. And this is coming from guys that one you would expect to, like Trey Flowers, but other guys you didn't expect to on paper to expect them to step up right away. And there are three guys I want to name. One is Dietrich Wise. He's a fourth round rookie. Now, granted, that doesn't mean he can't contribute right away, but he has been one of the top rookie, uh, defensive rookies in the league so far.
0: Not just rookie defensive players. Uh, I'm going to throw my stat right in here now so I can jump in with this. Dietrich Wise, according to PFF, which. I I, sometimes, you know, I I frown upon some of stuff.
1: Take it how it is. Take it how it is.
0: Take it how it is. But Wise right now is third in the NFL among four three defensive ends at applying pressure. So this is a pass rushing productivity score is what they do. So it factors in sacks, hits, and hurries uh, based on your number of actual pass rushing snaps. Uh, And Wise has 12 total pressures on 56 pass rushing attempts. And that's only behind Calais Campbell of the Jags, who, as we were talking earlier, uh, off air, uh, one of the best pass rushes in the league right now. And then the other one is Demarcus Lawrence, who is having himself a hell of a year. So to have a rookie in, in that regard right now is pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, and there are plenty of guys that should be ahead of him. There, there are, there are It's not even just he's a rookie. It's a guy that is doing better in this metric from PFF than guys like J.J. Watt, Vaughn Miller, you know, Khalil Mack. So there, there are there are guys that should be ahead of him when you think about it, and there aren't. And I know you said four three end, so it sort of limits it a little. Yeah. Bit. Probably yeah. not all those guys apply, but yeah, he has been a standout guy for them so far. And you know we can point out all day that he like Trey Flowers was a fourth round pick out of Arkansas. Who I don't know. Are they becoming the next Rutgers? Who knows? But he's been a guy who's really stepped up for this team, especially considering Derek Rivers went down with knee ACL tear. So, definitely want to mention him. The other two guys I want to mention, one is really surprising. That's Adam Butler. Now, granted, he stood out very oh, much yeah. so in the first two weeks. Last week, he was sort of quiet a little bit. But, again, you don't expect an undrafted free agent to come in and make the kind of impact that Adam Butler has had on this team. He has position versatility like uh, Lawrence Guy, where he can play inside and play out even like Trey Flowers, but he's been able to generate pass rush. He's been able to put pressure on the quarterback. And maybe not as much as, as Stray Flowers or um, Dietrich Wise, but he's he's made plays. And then the other guy I'll mention, and I talked to you about this beforehand, Cassius Marsh. I, I talked to several people that cover the Seahawks, and he was a guy that was projected to be a breakout for them. He was a guy that a lot of people had hope in and sort of got you know swallowed up behind you know the likes of Frank Clark, Michael Bennett, and he's here in New England. And he's done really well so far, I think, in regards to, you know, what they had. You know, they gave up quite a bit for him when you think about what the Patriots gave up for him. He gave up a seventh round and a fifth round pick for him. And he's he's lived up to it so far. Um, those are really the guys who stood out for me. Um, I mean, talking about pass rush, we'll, even, we'll extend to the front seven because we haven't talked about them. Is there anybody else I'm missing that stood out for you? I can think of one more, but I want to let you. I mean, I'm
0: going to jump in again. Just Cassius Marsh, uh, once again, I'm, I'm turning to PFF a little bit because I like some of these stats going on right now. But Cassius Marsh, four total pressures on 16 pass rush uh, 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 plays. Pretty remarkable number right there. Trey Flowers has been absolutely remarkable because he's had six total pressures on 32 pass rushing snaps, and he is ranking second right now with 17 total pressures on the season. So we know how darn good he has been. Uh, I'm curious who you're going to point out as the guy that you think, but I think Kyle
1: Noye's actually been a pretty good player that's, for that's them. Actually, and when I said there was another guy, I kept in mind that was Kyle Vannoy who really has stepped up in the absence of uh, Dante Hightower, who, mm-hmm. who we don't know if he's going to play this week. He's been limited, but he was limited last week too and he didn't play. Um, he's, he's really been the guy that stepped up out of all the other linebackers. Davis Harris has played virtually no snaps. Um, and in absence of that, someone like Kyle Vannoy, who just signed a contract extension, has stepped up. Crazy, he always had the talent. He was a second-round pick out of BYU a few years ago. Maybe just didn't work in the Detroit defensive scheme. Took a little bit of time to learn Matt Patricia's team or his, his playbook and, and sort of just learn what his role is. And I think in the face of just needing people to step up, Noy has been the guy who has done it, whether it's in coverage, or whether it's going after, you know, and stopping the run. He he really has stepped up. Um,
0: I, can't I totally agree the, with you.
1: I can't say the same about other guys. Um, like I said, you know, David Harris is, I think he played four snaps last week.
0: Yeah, he's virtually unused now at this point.
1: Yeah, I I'm I'm really surprised. Um, maybe him being, you know, maybe his heavy usage in the preseason maybe alluded to that. I don't know. I don't know what the thing, what's going on. Maybe he'll play more when Hightower comes back. I just don't know what's going on. Um, he's, he's a non-factor. Landon Roberts has, again, really nothing stood out to me. Yeah.
0: Um, he hasn't made any plays right now. man the guy.
1: Yeah. And Longy was a, a healthy scratch last week. Um, again, I, I it's going to, if he's a healthy scratch now, he's not going to play when Hightower comes back. So, Van noy has been the guy that stepped up at that line, at that second level, you know, it, you know that second level of the front seven for them. But, you know, we talk a lot about the defense and, and how it struggled, and some guys who have, who have stood up. Let's talk about this offense. Um, you obviously, you know, anybody who's anybody saw last week what sort of two-minute drive Tom Brady and his offense put together. Obviously, they won it on a... A beautiful pass to Brandon Cooks in the end zone. Um, and as I said to you before we got on air, and I want to sort of see maybe if there's somebody I'm missing, to me, there's been four guys that stood out. And to see, and these are, you know, these are four guys that, you know, most expected to contribute, but they're finally doing so. That's Tom Brady, obviously. And then the other three guys I would mention, uh, Rob Gronkowski, who was just taken off the injury report yesterday, which is terrific news. Mm-hmm. Um, after suffering what everybody thought was a back injury, Tony Romo included. Um, but Robert Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks, who finally had that step-up beat he needed. And he really, really showed it. And then Chris Hogan. They've had to step up. Uh, you know, whether it was Julian Edelman going down, whether it's Malcolm Mitchell going down, whether it was Amendola dealing with this concussion, um, these are the guys who have stepped up. And they, they all had their moments last week. And I think for this team – to succeed on offense, these four guys. And funny enough, I didn't mention any running backs because James White wasn't really used that much last week. Uh, Deion Lewis, you know, he's getting a little more looks only because Rex Burkhead's out. Whether you want to admit it or not, Deion Lewis has not played much when all four running backs are healthy. Um, so, and I know he's your guy. I know he's your guy. But he seems to be the odd man out when everybody's healthy. Um you know, and and Mike Gilsley I know you and I talked about. Him. Maybe I'll let you elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, he's got four touchdowns in three weeks, but I don't know. I don't know if he's been playing as advertised. I don't know if he's lived up to the expectations. And granted, there might be lofty of of what he was supposed to do when he came here. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? I mean, you, you and I both saw what he did in Buffalo. I mean, what have you seen so far?
0: So what I've seen from Gillis Lee is a guy who is running with authority, but he's not making anyone miss. And what I do like about him is right now he's running like Ben Jarvis Green Ellis to throw it back, which is you find a hole and you just run, and you see how far it gets you. The problem is the offensive line hasn't been that great to give him enough room to go with. So Gillis Lee needs to start doing some of that look good, make some guys miss, make some plays happen. Now he looked – Good in week one, obviously, with the three touchdowns. uh, And he was moving the ball pretty effectively. In week two, a little less. And now in week three against Texans, it was even less. And I know the Texans have a good defensive front and everything. But he's just not making people miss at all. And I kind of call for maybe Deion Lewis stealing some snaps from that. And I know he's my guy. And I know he's been kind of the odd man out right now. But... James White and Deion Lewis have looked better between the tackles, I'd say, than Gillis Lee, which is weird because that's supposed to be the Gillis Lee thing. And obviously with White and Lewis being smaller backs, they're supposed to be like elusive and make guys miss. And Gillis Lee should have the power to run, and especially those short situations. But we've seen Deion Lewis turn negative two-yard plays into no gain, two yards, three yards. And I mean, And in the past, we saw him turn two yards into 12 yards. And I think he still has that ability. And James White has improved so much as a runner that I think it's worth giving him some of those runs that would normally be a Lee run right now. Until Lee proves to me that he can be that guy who averaged, what, 5.8 yards a carry, they need to give the ball to someone else right now. Let the guy prove it in, in more limited carries right now, especially in some of those yard situations.
1: Yeah, I just, I wonder, part of it too is I think Burkhead was supposed to be that guy for them. You know, he dealt with a rib injury. He had, he suffered it in week two. Didn't play for most of it. Sat out last week. He hasn't practiced. And we're recording on Thursday night. He hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. It makes me believe he's going to sit out again on Sunday. So I wonder, you know, and we talked about this earlier before the season started. What was Rex Burkhead's role? Everybody else's could be defined in a way. Rex Burkhead coming from the outside, you know, spent a lot of money on him too, Patriots said, and it was tough to know. He he's he's lined up all over the field for them, and I wonder if Burke was sort of supposed to be sort of that guy for them, the other running main running threat for them beyond uh, Gillisley. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Grinty has four touchdowns. He didn't score any last week. I think he's more of a goal line back for them uh, right now, at least. He's just he's got to step it up somehow. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's
0: not one of those guys that like the full game plan is going to be give the ball to Mike Gillis Lee like it was for Blunt. Sometimes You give the guy. But I, like 25 but
1: I, think I think that's what it was supposed to be though. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was supposed to be. I think you're right. He just hasn't been
0: effective with ten carries.
1: Yeah, and, and Blunt's never never caught the ball. That's fine. You have guys like James White who can catch the ball, Deion Lewis who can catch the ball. Gillis Lee was supposed to fill that role, and teams aren't
0: has- respecting him when he comes in. Though that's what's going on with Blunt. You knew it was coming, but Blum was a volume guy. And with Gilleslie not getting the volume, because in theory, he's that volume power guy. If you're not getting that, you're less effective right now.
1: Well, I mean, so, I, I mean, yes. I mean, the thing the thing I think that helped Mike Gilleslie the most is he wasn't used every down. He was sort of that guy exactly. that could step up when Lashawn McCoy went down or if he needed a break. And... You know, this is his chance to be a lead guy. He's paid like a lead guy, but he hasn't, you know, performed like one. Um, and, and it's tough. I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens, um, you know, going forward, how they use him. I will just point out, for whatever it's worth, you did say that Blunt is sort of a, a volume guy. I'd have to disagree.
0: I'll clarify. When I say volume, I mean over the course of a game. You give him more late and not just to kill clock.
1: But, okay,
0: he's, that's, that's, he's a that's,
1: bludgeoner. That's, he's. I actually. He Was an outlier, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He's but not he, a guy in 300 bludgeoner. He, he wears but, you down, and as the game goes on, he, he takes you down. He takes over.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, you know, he had 299 carries, 18 touchdowns, still averaged less than three, four yards a carry. So yeah. you hope that Gillisley can improve upon that. But right now, he hasn't been used that way, and he hasn't performed that way. Yeah. Moving on, though, let's. We talked about how the the Patriots have performed. How the Texans did. Let's talk about Week Four's opponent, the Panthers. And I, i, I want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton, but I want to let you start off with this. What are your big, what are your biggest concerns about the Panthers coming in and facing the Patriots? What, what are your biggest concerns? How can they, I guess, quote unquote, pull off the upset? What would, what would have to work for them? To
0: do? So the recipe for the Panthers to win this game will be not turning the damn football over. I know that they haven't been like terrible at it, but this is a Cam Newton thing. I mean, when Cam Newton's on top of his game, they don't turn the ball over, and what they do is they're a running team, and they open up the game with play action. Now, the fact that Kelvin Benjamin is supposed to play is a major, major, major gain for the Panthers, especially because this secondary for the Patriots hasn't done a whole lot, and I don't know if any of these guys are in theory, physical enough right now, even though Gilmore's supposed to be that physical guy, and Butler's a physical guy, too. I don't know if any of them are ready for Kelvin Benjamin. I know Kelvin Benjamin hasn't really been good this year yet, but you're talking about a dude who, yes, we make fun of him for being fat and overweight and stuff like that, but the guy's 6'5 and 245 pounds. He's a huge, big behemoth of a wide receiver, and that's going to spell trouble for the Patriots, especially given how the secondary has been playing. On the defensive side of the ball, the Panthers' secondary has actually been pretty good. Um, Bradbury has been pretty good overall. And then you obviously have a defensive front that can apply some pressure. And while this defense isn't the same defense that it was when they made a Super Bowl, they're still quite good. And we saw what some pressure could do to Brady. I mean, Brady had that one fumble, pick six play. I mean, it was rule of fumble. That was then caught and everything. but. If you're applying pressure to Brady, anything is possible. So obviously the Panthers need to dial up the pressure and then they need to control the clock. And I don't know if they can do that, and we can talk about that some more. But I'm going to kick it back to you on this now, Doug. I mean, do you, do you see the Panthers having guys who can be the recipe for upset?
1: I think when you look at how the Panthers have succeeded before, when I went to the Super Bowl back in 2018 20- 14, um, or 2015. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for them was the MVP type season, the MVP season that they had from Cam Newton. We haven't seen Cam Newton perform anything close to what he has done. Even last season too. Now granted, he's, he's still recovering a little bit from, you know, throwing shoulder surgery, which I, I'm never going to fault him for it. That's tough. I you know it's like a pitcher coming back from Tommy John surgery in, in 12 months when you have a 12 to 16, 12 to 18 month time frame. He's probably still man. out. Andrew Luck is still yeah. I, I, so I'm not going to fault Cam Newton at all for coming back and playing but that's not excusing him from how he is playing. The team is not running him as much which Ron Rivera admitted is by design, which is one of the things that set him apart from every other quarterback, is how well he can run the ball, especially in the red zone. And the fact that his arm is not even close to 100%, I would say. It hasn't shown it that way. And he just doesn't have the weapons around him that he should. Kelvin Benjamin, yes, he can be very, very dangerous. But he hasn't always played that way. Plus, he's hurt right now. He's probably going to play, but he's hurt. He He hurt his knee last week. Um, I don't think he went back in, and they need him to. They really do because there really is nobody else. to Them. Greg Olson's out with a foot injury. He had foot surgery. He's on IR right now. And Devin Funchess, in his out ab- in, in Calvin Benjamin's absence last week, has not done much. He's he hasn't performed anything close to that. And then, you, like I said before, I, I think I literally used the exact word before we got on the air. You don't have Ted Ginn who make that one play a game. Yep. Um. Who, who, he's a playmaker, but he doesn't do much. He makes one. He, he'll make those spectacular plays, but they're far and few, uh, you know, from each other. So it's just I don't know. And Curtis Samuel, a guy that they expect to step up. He's only a rookie. He's been playing hurt. He hasn't done much. Christian McCaffrey. I think he had ten catches last week as a running back. He, you know, he he's done some things. He hasn't done some things. And then Jonathan Sew is just another year older. So yeah. so his offense.
0: So isn't the approach to shut down McCaffrey – if you're going to take one guy out of this game right now, if you take McCaffrey out, I don't have enough faith in Cam Newton putting the ball on the money because his completion percentage I, has been trash. I'm
1: going to disagree here because no? I'm, okay. still, I'm still concerned about Calvin Benjamin. Look what happened when the Patriots faced off against Brandon Coleman and, and uh, Michael Thomas. They got destroyed. They didn't give up a lot of points, but the secondary gave up a lot of yards to that. So even
0: with the injury to Benjamin, you think he is still the guy you need to hone in on the most?
1: Yeah. Who else is there going to be?
0: Well, I don't know. I, I think it's McCaffrey because I think that's how they're going to move the ball more. Because I have less faith in Cam right now to get the ball to Benjamin. I think I, Benjamin with a knee injury is dangerous. I, I think that McCaffrey is the most dangerous right now. I'm not saying he's going to go off. Like, but Kareem Hunt, I mean, like, you have a talented guy. Kareem Hunt and everything went off against Patriots. I know things are different. They're probably more prepared. But you get McCaffrey in some mismatches. You get him in some weird areas. He can chew up some yards.
1: But McCaffrey isn't the runner. Isn't the runner that Kareem Hunt is. Kareem Hunt, yes, I understand. He, he's a guy who shredded them both in the receiving game and in the run game. But when we talk about guys who can really step up and make an impact, we have seen that from Kelvin Benjamin, and he's a tall receiver. When the Patriots may or may not have their tallest cornerback. So Kelvin Mendrin is 6'5", Brandon Coleman six 6'6". If you take out Eric Rowe, you have Malcolm Butler, who's what, 5'10", and you have Devin Gilmore, who is 5'11", I believe, and then Jonathan Jones, who's 5'9". There's nobody who can match up on him size-wise. He is still a guy who can torture you in the red zone and deep on those 50-50 balls that's what concerns me especially with Devin McCordy who can come down and play on those receivers he's not playing his best right now it concerns me McCaffrey i he's a he's a weapon i'm a huge fan of McCaffrey but i don't think he has a chance to be as dangerous in this game than than Calvin Ben-Hoon does, even at less than 100% that's just my take Granted, it's also going to take Cam Newton actually getting the ball to him, which I would admit is probably going to be easier for him to get the ball to a running back out of the backfield or in the yeah. short intermediate game like McCaffrey as opposed to uh, Benjamin who's going to be on the outside running up against the you know out-of-bounds or even deep in you know, just downfield or in the, in the red zone. But That's what I'm saying.
0: I would challenge Cam to throw downfield. That's, that's what I think.
1: I would challenge Cam to run. You want him running? I think he's scared to run right now. <laughs> I think no, I, I don't think he's scared to run. I think Ron Rivera is scared for Well, that's what I mean. Like the organization has him scared to run. But there's a reason for that.
0: There yeah, he should be scared to run. I don't want him getting hurt.
1: <laughs> and and this, this this offensive line of the um of the Panthers we'll called average average better I guess than last
0: year. But yeah, average
1: than last year. Um, there's their their best offensive line. Well, not their best, but one of their best is dealing with a neck injury. I think that's um, – oh, God. I can't, well, who's their center? Ryan Khalil. Yep, Khalil. Uh, so, you know, it, it's I, – I don't know. I, I think that, you know, in regards to stopping this offense, which I, I'm not so sure the way to winning this game is going to need to stop the Panthers' offense as much as trying to beat the Panthers' defense, which I think has better playmakers on it in general and is, has more just defensive talent overall. Um, you yeah, know, it'll come down to a turnover
0: battle. You don't want to give the ball up.
1: You hope that week. a guy – because there's, they have guys who can rush the passer. They do. So you have to hope – you know, last week they didn't have Marcus Cannon. you got to hope they have him back this week because look what happened when Cameron Fleming was forced at right tackle. You know, and I'm not saying he's the worst backup tackle in the league, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see because he's still dealing with that concussion Marcus Cannon is – He's still limited, so he hasn't. I don't think he's been cleared yet. Um, all so. right,
0: so I'm going to ask you a question then, and I'm okay. going to answer it too afterwards. All right, before we get to our prediction segment. Okay. All right. Which player? Because I thought last week, I, I didn't. We didn't say it on air, but I thought that there was a Brandon Cooks week, and we saw it from him. Okay. So I'm going to pat myself on the back, even though I didn't say it on on
1: podcasts okay.
0: right. and everything. Who's the guy this week offensively that has the big game for New England?
1: So if I had to say that, if there's one guy, I would say that there's not. I not. that's not to say he's not going to have a good game. I'm going to say Rob Gronkowski does not have that strong of a game as everybody hopes. Just because this this linebacker group of the the Panthers is pretty strong. You have Thomas Davis, who's an ageless wonder. You have Luke Keekly, and you have Shaq Thompson. So I still think Gronk has a good game, but I don't think he's that guy that's going to step up for them. If I had to pick one guy, That's a good question. You know what? I'm gonna say he didn't do much last week. I think he's due for it. I'm gonna say James White.
0: (laughs) Damn it, Doug! I mean, you took my answer. I was gonna say it's James White, but just for the sake of difference, I'll I'll make the case for James White. Are you
1: gonna say? Are you gonna say Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: No, I'm not. I'm gonna say. What about Dwayne Allen? Yeah. No, no, still not Dwayne Allen. The the linebackers are too good for that. James White, this is James White week because I think he's going to get a little bit more action in the run game because they want him to be a bigger threat in the passing game too because I think that he can get a lot of uh, receptions and uh, diffuse that pass rush, get the ball out to him. But just for the sake of difference, I'm going to pick Chris Hogan in this one. Uh, I think Hogan has been putting together a pretty stellar year. A lot of faith from Tom Brady in him right now. I think that uh, Cook's coming off a big week comes back a little bit, maybe gets a little more attention from the Panthers, and we see just what Chris Hogan can do again. So uh, I'm going to just pick Hogan for the sake of difference right here. But I want to jump into our final segment of this, which we've been doing predictions. I know I said I wasn't going to make a prediction this week, Doug, because last week went so horribly. But I'm really hoping that I can get something right this week. So I'm just going to give you my prediction right now. And I say it's the Patriots. Uh, by a score of 31 to
1: 23. Yeah, I mean the Patriots offense has put up points no matter who they're playing. so I'm confident that they'll have a high point total. We underrated the Texans offense and look what happened. So I will say I think they' haven't they scored they've scored at least 28 points in every game haven't they? So I'm confident in saying 34. Two twenty. Wait, how many how many points do you say the Panthers score?
0: I said 23. And they, they've scored tw- and the patriots have scored 27 or more.
1: Okay, each. so I will say, for the sake of being different, I will say 34-24. Okay. Um, I like it. But I will say that this game stays close through three quarters. Not that the Patriots are down, but it stays close. I could see it going. 27 20 21 after three quarters Patriots score touch uh, Panthers get a field goal and the Patriots score a touchdown midway through the fourth quarter and then bada bing bada boom so that's I'm I'm going even more in depth than 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 asked so with that being said that's gonna wrap it up for us um, episode 15 can you believe it crazy 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 i remember i remember just proposing to you hey let's go do a podcast cool and, and here, and we, here are, we are episodes later and that's been more than 15 weeks too. So it's, it's crazy. It's been going on that long. But with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode. You know, be sure to follow us, you know, the, the podcast everywhere you can make sure you subscribe, like comment review. Uh, we're on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Stitcher. Look for the lock room guys on those on Twitter. We are at locker underscore room guys. Uh, for Lee, he's on Twitter at Lee Schechter. And for myself, I'm on Twitter at DMORENFL. Yeah, I mean, with that being said, your Patriots, you know, going into week four against the Panthers, we'll see what happens. We'll see who's right and who's wrong. I'm right, of course. But uh, until next time, Lee, we will talk next week about the uh, Patriots winning, hopefully, week four. But until then, it's been a really long outro. We are the locker room guys.